big debate here should have been around Dublin Kerry. The dubs were obviously absolutely frightening at the weekend, but I just think the manner in which Kerry won, the aggression they brought to the table, kept them in the first place. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Off the ball daily. And you're welcome to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. We hope you're doing all right, enjoying the summer despite the Irish weather. And it's all Ireland semi finals weekend in football. The primary focus of the show today is this. Drew Wiley, Kevin Nolan, and Sean O'Sullivan will preview Dublin versus Monaghan and Kerry against Derry from about half one on the show. We'll also have Colin Boyle at Croke Park to look ahead and give us the wrap on the Charlton Cup final involving Meath and Down. That throws in at three. The Tour de France is ongoing, so where's pro cycling right now? What is the health of the sport? We'll chat to Irish rider Eddie Dunbar, who's doing so well. The recently retired Dan Martin and rider Shane Stokes on the Saturday panel. That's coming up between three and four. It's been a dramatic 24 hours for the Republic of Ireland Women's World Cup squad with an to Denise Sullivan, the key midfielder. We'll check in with our reporter Kathleen McNamee from Brisbane. And the Ireland under-20s men's rugby team lost their world final to France yesterday, but not their pride. Fiona Hayes will reflect on the tournament. 53106, the text number at a cost of 30 cents. You want to get in touch with us, give us a shout out if you're on the way to Croke Park as a passenger, or if you can tweet us as well, if you'd like, this afternoon at Off the Ball. We'll start off the show, as always, with the news round. Aidan Delaney, Wexford's finest, is in studio with us, and Carl Milani will be joining us in a moment Aidan this was a bit of a mad 24 hours for the women's team not a World Cup for Ireland without a bit of drama no that's it and a Cork midfielder at the centre of it once again yeah. uh, Republic of Ireland manager Vera Powell says that Denise O'Sullivan could still feature in next week's World Cup opener against Australia the midfielder suffered a shin injury in yesterday's behind closed doors friendly with Colombia the game was abandoned after just 20 minutes of play that was after the exchanges became overly physical according to the FAI a scan has revealed O'Sullivan didn't sustain any bone fracture so that's good news but Powell says they will have contingency plans just in case we played against Zambia without Denise. We won 3-2. Germany lost 3-2 from uh, Zambia. We have a squad that the knowledge of their tasks and the execution, everybody of those tasks, everybody's at the highest level of their own capacities. And what I just said, uh, Denise is out of category. And of course, that's a completely different story. But we will be ready. Um, and... Um, we know all the scenarios. Every single scenario has been discussed over the last period. Uh, that, hence the choices, that, the, the harsh choices that we had to make um, for the players that we brought in. And this is one of them. What do we do if she's injured? What do we do if she's injured? What do we do if she in, gets injured? Um, the, so those scenarios are ready. Um, for every single player, the scenarios are ready and also for Denise. Look, hopefully she'll be okay. And that's the, I mean, hopefully the injury is not um, going to rule her out of the Australia game because we have to have her in the team. Yeah, she's such a, a key component of the team, you know, over 100 caps. And, you know, it's it's just kind of bizarre to think that, you know, these players are coming in to, you know, what is essentially a friendly, a kind of a, a warm-up game to get ready for the tournament. And Colombia have just gone all out. Um, you know, we aren't direct opponents for Colombia. It's not like we're going to come up against them later in the tournament. This just seemed to be a couple of players. This was kind of their second side, their second string. And maybe those a couple of those players wanted to, to leave a marker maybe and, and show the manager that they should be involved. And that's why they've they've kind of gone out and like two yellow cards inside 19 minutes. And then this, what seems to be a horror tackle on uh, Denise O'Sullivan. I mean, it just seems pretty bizarre from the Colombians' point of view. And Ireland were probably right. And I know they've got a little bit of criticism online about, you know, 
this is what you should expect at a World Cup and all that kind of stuff but I think Ireland had to take their players off and make sure that they're protected because they are the other side of the world it's not like players can just pop over and you know if there is any injury concerns we'll hear from Kathleen later on just about you know who is lined up to take, come in should Denise not not be able to take her place but um, yeah, it's just bizarre from the Colombians and you know maybe that might pay for them later on down the line too I just want this to be underway now, Cahill Melani. I just want this to start and I want a positive story. Yeah, it's... Dragging it's, on a bit, it feels yeah, for me. Yeah, it's been a bizarre, like, 24 hours uh, for the Republic of Ireland squad and it is quite a long lead into the tournament uh, from qualifying to travelling to Australia and acclimatising there and now waiting for next Thursday to come around. Um, I suspect that the squad and the, the camp will be a little bit upset that the preparations obviously have been... Uh, you know they've been upset really with what happened yesterday in that match but Vera Powell's press conference uh, she seems quite relatively upbeat about uh, O'Sullivan playing some part in the campaign whether next Thursday comes around a little bit quickly perhaps but the next 48 hours as Vera Powell said is going to be very important to see if, if O'Sullivan's going to be fit and you know really we, we really hope that she will be because she's such an integral part of that Irish team Four o'clock, Cathy McNamee from Brisbane. We will get an update and a sense of what's going to happen in this Women's World Cup so we had League of Ireland action last night here Aiden. We did. Jonathan Afalobi continuing his goal-scoring streak last night to rescue a point for Bohemians in the Premier Division. His fourth in as many games salvaged a one-all draw away to Dublin rivals Shelburne in the big game of the night. Elsewhere, Drogheda were 3-1 winners away to UCD. Two teams in danger of finishing in the relegation playoff spot meet this evening in the showgrounds. That's Sligo playing Cork City from 7.45. In the first division then, Galway United extended their lead at the top of the table to 16 points last night. That's thanks to to a 1-0 win away to Athlone. There were three red cards shown at the Carlisle grounds where Wexford came out on top beating Bray 3-0 and Finn Harps beat Cove Ramblers 4-3 in a Bally Buffet thriller. Tonight, Longford Town entertain Kerry. I thought Declan Rice had gone to Arsenal. Is it still going on, this story? Uh, it seems to have been confirmed now. An agreement has been reached for Captain Declan Rice for to him to leave West Ham for a British record fee. The England midfielder made a total of 245 appearances, his last as he lifted the Europa Conference League trophy in Prague. He's expected to sign for Arsenal imminently and he has said his goodbyes on Instagram, which seems to be the big kind of turning point in transfers these days. How is Edwin van der Sar at the moment? Yeah, some not great news here. He's been moved from Croatia to a Dutch hospital but will remain in intensive care. The former Netherlands and Manchester United goalkeeper had received treatment in split last week while on holiday after suffering bleeding around the brain. Van der Sar's family says the situation remains the same. He's stable in a non-life-threatening condition and he is communicative. We wish him a speedy recovery. So, they're all on their way to Croker whether it's on foot from Dublin or in the car or wherever on the bus from Monaghan. Yeah, Monaghan looking to defy the odds at Crow Park this evening in the first of this weekend's All-Ireland Football semi-finals. They're taking on Dublin, where throw-in is at half past five. And 32 years after meeting in the All-Ireland final, Meath and Down renew acquaintances, but this time in the Charlton Cup final. That's the curtain raiser at HQ today with throw-in at three o'clock. Also a repeat of last year's final in the quarterfinals of the Women's Football Championship, Trilly hosting Kerry and Meath from half seven. The knockout action beginning at half one in Salt Hill, Galway playing Mayo, Armagh taking on Cork at the Athletic Grands. Cahill Malani, why do the Ulster teams play this defensive football? Because it just seems to me if they both go behind Monaghan and Derry, 
this weekend. They're going to have to open up. They're going to have to come at Kerry in Dublin and that'll expose them. Yeah, but I think in Monaghan's case, uh, they've shown already this season that they're capable of getting key scores down the closing stretch. They'll try and keep it as tight as they can. And if that requires playing defensive football, I think that they will today. And it's a, an awful day weather-wise in Dublin at the moment. Whether it clears up before throwing at half-five, I'm not sure. But that might play into Monaghan's hands a little bit too. I do think Dublin have shown, uh, particularly that second half against Mayo, that they're really coming to form at the crucial moment um, you look at their bench again today the power that they have to come off the bench uh, if they want it in the second half it's very hard to look past them but Monaghan if they play that defensive style I think they're very good on the break their wing backs particularly Conor McCarthy has been outstanding this season in terms of getting scores I think he's probably the leading contender from a Monaghan point of view for an all-star depending on how tonight goes of course but the, the case for Monaghan I think is quite strong because they can keep it tight. I think if they can keep it tight and are within uh, shouting distance with 10 minutes to go, I think Dublin would be quite nervous at that point because Monaghan have shown they have the capacity to, to get the key scores at that stage. Dublin have never lost three All-Ireland semi-finals in a row in their history. Obviously, they lost to Mayo and Kerry over the last couple of years. Do you see a similar situation then with Derry? I think that's a, a really intriguing matchup tomorrow. Um, Derry are coming in a little bit under the radar even though they, they had such a good campaign in Ulster. It's going to be very difficult for Kerry to break them down. Derry are very difficult to play against. I, I think Derry do have the best midfield pairing in the country as well with Conor Glass and Brendan Rodgers are very mobile. And, you know, David Clifford, Paddy Clifford, Sean O'Shea aren't going to have a whole lot of space, you would think, tomorrow. And it's going to be quite a difficult afternoon for them. It's going to be really intriguing if they can if they can break that down. Um, you probably will give Kerry the nod by, by a couple of points. But if Derry can again stay in the game for as long as they can they do have talented forwards uh, Shane McGuigan is one of the best in the country and I suspect they'll try and keep the score as low as they can in that match just to, to try and keep tabs on those Kerry forwards but I think uh, Derry are in with a huge chance I feel Monaghan and Derry both need goals and probably at least two goals in each case it's it's very hard to see them getting past otherwise. I think you do kind of put the you know the great stock of, of Monaghan is the fact that they can keep themselves in games and you know this game this evening could possibly go to extra time maybe and that's where we'll really see where Dublin are challenged and obviously Dublin have a, a massive bench that they can call on and the likes of Kieran Kilkenny, Dean Rock can still play a role in this side. I, I do think that Dublin, you know, we saw them absolutely blow Mayo away in that second half and it's it's just hard to see if Monaghan can keep up those kind of fitness levels that we've seen from them all year. Uh, we saw with the rugby last night as well that sometimes you just get to this emotional pitch and one kind of hammer blow and with the form that Colin Bascoil is on at the minute, you can just see him getting the goal maybe 55 minutes in and that could kind of break a couple of hearts and Dublin might stroll to the victory then. But I think if Monaghan can keep themselves in the game, you know, kind of within two, three, four points with about 10 minutes to go, you would kind of back them to kind of bring the game into into maybe extra time. But I think there's just too much quality on this Dublin side and it looks like a dublin Kerry final. Dublin by five, Kerry by three for me. Right. Hard to argue with that, I'd say. Do you argue? I wouldn't argue, no. <laughs> but I do think if, if Monaghan can keep it tight, I think if you look at Dublin's matches this year against uh, Roscommon in the group match in the All-Ireland phase, against Kildare in Leinster, against kind of packed defences if you like uh, they did struggle so maybe if Monaghan adopt that approach they will make it really difficult OK rugby news and a disappointing 24 hours for the under 20s but obviously huge pride, pride as well that they can take from this tournament 
Yeah, Richie Murphy saying his Ireland players can hold their heads high despite defeat in the World Under-20 Championship final last night. Uh, they conceded seven tries in a 50-point to 14 defeat to France in Cape Town last night. And it has been a long and emotional journey for this young Irish side. And speaking after the game, Captain Gus McCarthy says they just came up against a side that's in red-hot form. You know, all credit to the French. They put us to a place we hadn't been before. You know, really struggled defensively. Uh, but, you know, I'm really proud of the boys. We stuck in there and gave it our all, as you saw. Always chasing back. Things didn't go away today. Have we planned, but, you know, we'll keep our heads held high. We fought hard this tournament. And, as I said, very proud of the boys. Unbelievable job. Made it very difficult for you. Could not get that production from your lineouts. Yeah, you know, our lineout struggled, as you said. Full credit to the French. They obviously did, did their work on us. Did their analysis and just yeah just came down to our drill wasn't good enough on the day so yeah that's it you've been challenged a lot in this tournament but the side stuck together yeah you know it couldn't be as i said like couldn't have get a better group of lads you know we stuck together no matter what and we're st- still stick together now you know we would have liked a better performance today but you know, unfortunately just things didn't work out france look amazing that's what i just took out of that game and there's nothing on ireland no, and I think you have to just hold your hands up and say that you know France have done this to every single side they've come up against in this tournament. And you know there was a, a bit of positivity going into the game. Obviously, Ireland had beaten France in that thriller back in the Six Nations. And when you look at that French team, a, a lot of those players are. I think I think it was Alan Quinlan was saying last night. I think thirteen of them have played some sort of senior rugby uh, for French sides this year. So uh, these aren't just kind of development players. These are players that are starting, that are you know making an impact in French rugby as we speak. So. It was very, you know, heartbreaking to see the Irish kind of just falter in that second half a little bit. But when when you think about the long emotional journey that they have been on, this kind of result probably was coming and against a side that can really put you to the sword. And, you know, it's it's kind of devastating to see that another two Alagi is on the scene and he's he's doing damage to Irish teams once again. But yeah, the Irish side have to hold their heads up high. They didn't have their, their, you know, kind of first 15 out last night. There was a couple of, you know, players have had to leave the camp due to outside reasons and uh, some disciplinary issues and stuff like that throughout the tournament. So for the 15 players and, and everybody in that squad that came onto the field last night, they really gave a good account of themselves. And unfortunately, like Gus McCarthy said there, France are just an amazing team and sometimes that happens in sport. Fiona Hayes will reflect about 2.40 on that tournament involving Ireland's under-20s. Only lost one game all year, which was against France. Just to let you know, folks, off the ball coming to the Cork Podcast Festival. Join us on Sunday, the 27th of August in the Cork Opera House with special guest Jimmy Barry Murphy, Cork Royalty. More guests will be announced very soon. Don't miss out on a great night of conversation and crack in the heart of the Rebel County. For tickets, go to www.corkpodcastfestival.ie forward slash off dash the dash ball. Wimbledon. Yeah, a new name will be engraved on the Venus Rosewater Troy, uh, dish at Wimbledon today. Last year's beaten finalist Anz Jabber faces the unseeded Marquesa von, Dr- von Rosisa in the women's singles final today. The Moroccan was beaten by Alina Rabakina 12 months ago and she says she'll be more prepared this time around. Yeah, my last year was my uh, first final of a Grand Slam so definitely getting closer to to winning the Grand Slam that I always wished, you know. Um, I would say I always believe, but, you know, sometimes you would question and doubt it if, if it's going to happen, if it's ever going to happen. And being in the last stages, I think it, it does help you believe more. Um, and for me, um, I'm going to learn a lot from, from not only Wimbledon's final, but also U.S. Open final and uh, give it my best and 
maybe this year it was all about trying two times and getting it right the third time. So let's see. Yeah, Van Drusalvo was in the French Open final back in 2019 and has had injuries. And Jabir obviously lost just year. Tunisia has just gone crazy for her and she become the first ever player from the Arab world to win would be a big big deal. She, she is a national hero in Tunisia. Played you to get underway on centre court at two o'clock. The golf's um, underway early, presumably rather weather related up in Scotland. It certainly is, yeah. Roy McIlroy with a two-stroke lead now after 14 holes of his third round at the Scottish Open. The four-time major winner is 14 under par overall with Tom Kim of South Korea leading the chase on 12 under. Play started early there, as you say, due to the inclement weather and McIlroy says he'll just have to deal with whatever the conditions throw at him. Just, you know, take whatever the conditions and the golf course are going to give us. I, um... I, you know, I don't really have any expectations. I think it'll be it would be silly of me to try to, you know, pick a potential target score to get to. Um, so really, just embrace the conditions and, and and just sort of make the most of them. But um, you know, I know that I'm playing well enough tee to green to give myself some looks and, and hang in there. So you know, I'm, I'm I'm pretty confident going into the next two days, no matter what the the weather throws at us. Yeah, Shane Lowry is flying as well today. And this is really interesting ahead of the Open next week. A 65, 10 under par and a tie for fourth. Uh, Tom McKibben has um, also had a decent enough tournament. He made the cut. Uh, moving to five under, Padraig Harrington as seven under par. So McElroy has got, what, four goals to his round to play. He'll probably be with Kim tomorrow, 14 to 12. Larry in a tie for fourth. Kah Milani, you scratch golf for you. Um... <laughs> This is encouraging for Rory fans ahead of a tournament which was his last major win in 2014 at Hoylick. Yeah, it is. Um, he's been really good so far this week and particularly encouraging. I think John was his performance with the putter on Thursday morning. He holds some really nice putts, which I suppose has been the problem for him, hasn't it? Because his tee to green work has been close to flawless in some of the big tournaments when you think of the US Open and the Open Championship last year um, obviously he would love to win next week and break that major duck but the Scottish Open title is one of the, the bigger titles on the world stage now um, the course is quite playable I think the conditions are quite benign there again this morning the route a little bit early before the, the weather comes in um, I think one of the stories of the week although he's not going particularly well today is Porrick Harrington uh, and his attitude and his endeavour on the course has been brilliant he's uh, been spoken of now as potentially a candidate for the right Cup team later on this year he's spoken about maybe changing up his schedule from the Champions Tour to come back and play a little bit more in Europe That would be unprecedented to have a Ryder Cup captain go back then and play in an event yeah, it, I mean, it's it's an incredible uh, thought to have. And on, on all known form so far this year, he's been really, really good and his stats stack up pretty well to the younger players on tour. Um, and you would have to say experience in the team room can be a pretty significant factor as well when it comes to a Ryder Cup. So uh, I, I really do hope that he does come back and play a little bit more in Europe just to see can he can he make it. And he has been spoken about as well next week uh, about a potential candidate to try and maybe win another Open Championship. But he has spoken about how he does feel on Lynx courses that he can really stand up to the scrutiny of the test of, of Lynx golf and can stand up to the other players on tour. So I think uh, even though he's not playing particularly well today, I think he's definitely uh, someone to, to think about ahead of next week. Larry is somebody who's very interesting today because Larry has a muddled ear. Uh, he changed bag, man. Uh, Bo Martin's gone. Uh, hasn't really had a, a brilliant year, but 
to come into form like that with 64-65 the last two rounds to get to 10 under par and he played well in 2014 at Hoy like we know he's won the Open at Port Rush. he's just a very interesting candidate now for next week Shane Lowry and obviously McElroy who's just dropped a shot by the way on 15 as we speak the 13 under par shot ahead of Tom Kim who's this kind of freewheeling carefree American young lad at 12 under par and Fleetwood once again missed the cut at Hoylake in 2014 but has had an excellent year played very well at the US Open and is from the Liverpool area and would have to consider himself a candidate for next week at Lings Golf to win his first major tournament he's never won um, we've got the cycling panel coming up at three Aiden, with Dan Martian legend of the saddle a two time stage winner on the Tour de France Eddie Dunbar who's such a promising cyclist and could really make an impact in the sport in the next few years if he stays injury free and Shane Stokes what is happening at the Tour de France today Yes, yeah, so they're underway in the 14th stage of the Tour this year. Jonas Vandegaard uh, taking a slender nine-second lead into the action today. The peloton has to tackle Col de Juplan before finishing in Morzine. And like I say, the race just underway there. There's also racing at Navan today, the first off at one twenty, and the July Cup, the feature at Newmarket. Carlos Alcaraz, Novak Djokovic, we could have said that two weeks ago and just said to ourselves, we'll come back here in two weeks' time and watch the final. That's exactly what's happened at Wimbledon. Yeah, it's um, not unexpected, as you say. I think Alcaraz is an interesting one in that he hasn't got a whole lot of experience on grass, uh, which is which is interesting leading into that Wimbledon tournament. But it is the top seed against the second seed, Djokovic bidding for a, a 24 Grand Slam title, which is just a remarkable record. Um, Djokovic does have form in that he, he tends to drop sets in some of the big matches, but he always finds a way through, as uh, the great players tend to do. So you probably will give him the nod ahead of tomorrow's final, but I would expect it to be very close. Big result from the rugby championship. Argentina beaten Australia. 34 points to 31 in Australia today. New Zealand 35, South Africa 20. You'd have to wonder about the strength of the Southern Hemisphere teams, especially in Australia. And you'd have to also question that World Cup draw for later this year in September, October. How are Ireland in a quarterfinal kind of bracket with France and New Zealand and South Africa? I don't know. It's... Well, I wonder will they will they look at doing the draw so later. far in advance to yeah, do it later? It's, it's so unfair. Yeah, because so much can change, can't it? In a, in a calendar year, never mind uh, that length of time. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's remarkable. I'm just chuckling away to myself here because I'm going onto the BBC website. Liverpool offered forty million pounds for Fabinho by Al Ittihad. So yeah, the, so the, the Liverpool midfield has been gutted. Very much so. Yeah. Jordan Henderson, of course, uh, he may be on his way out there as well, joining a, a former Liverpool legend in uh, in Stephen Gerrard out there as well. So is that Al Esifak? Yes, that's right. These will be second the nature now in a year. We'll all know these names. Money that Henderson is reportedly being offered is absolutely staggering. Something like seven hundred thousand pounds a week, which is just, I mean. It's beyond words almost, um, and and word is that he has agreed a deal verbally with them, and and that Liverpool and Eddie Vac are, are arguing over a fee for Henderson. But there is quite a constant stream of players, isn't there, heading towards Saudi Arabia now? It's kind of in the news quite regularly that there are players. Uh, and Henderson, Henderson seems to be this kind of watermark in that Henderson was seen as this kind of paragon of virtue and somebody who stood up for, for human rights as Liverpool captain and particularly, you know, kind of strong during the lockdown uh, football as well, you know, kind of fighting for other players. So it kind of feels like if he gets corrupted and, and takes this money in and it means that anybody can go. So it'll be very interesting to see. He seems to be happy enough to take the money and it's kind of the, the two clubs are kind of having the arguments at the minute. But um, like you say... If, if Henderson goes, who's next? Well, 
I'm sure he'll have his own say about the whole thing if it does happen. I remember folks, Braeburn Coffee, the official coffee partner of OTB, whether you're travelling to work in the morning or training in the evening, Braeburn will give you the boost you need available at Apple Green locations nationwide. Each week we're giving one lucky viewer a €100 Euro voucher to spend on some Braeburn Coffee goodness at an Apple Green store near you. To enter, check out Ad Off The Ball on Twitter. Just like and retweet our Braeburn competition post and you're in the draw. After the break, we're going to have Drew Wiley, Kevin Nolan and Sean O'Sullivan on the All-Ireland Football semi-finals. So is it the verdict from yourselves, lads? Is it going to be Kerry Dublin final on July 30th? Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Okay, Aidan Delaney, Cal Malani, thank you so much for joining us at the moment. We're back after the break with the Football Semi-Finals Preview.